This is a podcast from ABC Overnights. Here's Michael Pavlich. We are going to talk Christmas songs this morning. A couple of years ago, Chris Holler came in the studio and we we put out uh, his Christmas playlist. He does this every year. This is Christmas CD number 23, so he's been doing it for a long time. And we put it out there and asked listeners if they were interested to get us a playlist for their Christmas dinner. And we were inundated. We had uh, hundreds of responders and Chris spent all Boxing Day <laughs> uh, answering mail and, and getting everybody their playlist. So he did a great job doing that. We thought we'd bring him in again, have another chat about it, because he's got another bunch of interesting Christmas songs. G'day, Chris. G'day, Michael. How are you going? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Uh, what is it? It wasn't, it wasn't Boxing Day that I... I um, oh, sorry. It was yes, Christmas Eve. It was Eve. Christmas Eve. And, uh, yes, Oops. inundated um, with mail. And so I felt like I was dishing out... You know, some Christmas spirit by giving out the playlist, and you were. I was. Yeah, that's exactly so. what I was doing. I mean, who'd want to spend Christmas <laughs> with your own family when you could spend it with the overnight family? <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> and appreciate it very much. I'm sure a lot of people remember, so they'll probably after it again. If we'll put it out there now, so if anybody's interested in, they like some of the songs they hear, or they want uh, an interesting playlist to play over Christmas Day, then you can get onto this. And so, how do we how do we find it? Well. Please? Uh, well, funnily enough, um, when I first started, Michael, I I used to do it on tape, on cassette tape. Cassette, yeah. Yes, and then I went to a burnt CD kind of scenario, and then and so this basically this Christmas playlist has followed the revolution of music over the last thirty years. Uh, from CD, we went to MP3 because that's how everyone was listening. Uh, now we're in Spotify, kind of you know streaming. Uh, land, so that's it's fully evolved. That's where that's where it is at the moment. So it's on one of the streaming services that starts with S. Okay, but if, if, you, if you've got the internet, you'll be able to track this down. That's exactly right. Will people be able to find previous years playlists as well? Uh, yes, they'll be able to find the the last three, I think. Okay. Um, and anyway, if you do send it in, if you just if you say uh, something akin to Christmas now, I want it. <laughs> so you're, saying, you're uh, suggesting type that into a search engine? No, no, no. I'm suggesting type that into your um, text. Uh, text us right now on the text line, and Mick can send through the. Uh, have the, you, um, you cleared this with Mick? Yes, <laughs> yes. Of mouth course. Just in the floor, mate. <laughs> Mick can send you the um, the the playlist. Um, there must be link. A, can't people just log on to Spotify? And... They can definitely do that. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, my. My um, username is Doughboy, Doughboy07, so if you put that in there. But if you just go to Spotify and type in the title of the playlist, I think they'll find it, won't they? The title of the playlist this year, Michael, is Christmas Again, If You Want It. Right, so there you go. Which is a little play on uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono, Ah. Happy Christmas, War Is Over. If you want it, went right over my head. But now yeah, you're no, 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 no. That's a that's a deep musical reference, a deep Christmas musical reference, and it's a good way to start. You're a deep guy. Hey, uh, just quickly, how many Christmas songs do you reckon you've compiled? No, I was actually looking at this. It's it, and it's not hard to compile um, Christmas songs. You can. There's thousands of them out there. Everyone's done a Christmas album, uh, and it doesn't matter if it's uh, you know Bob Dylan, Bob Marley, Willie Nelson. May West, 
you know. They've all been there. <laughs> Marlena Dittridge, they've all um, done Christmas in some way, shape or form. Sure, this year, uh, Cher has um, put out a new Christmas album. Like, uh, everyone's done a Christmas album. So it's not hard to... But um, for the discerning listener, yeah, it's 23 volumes that I've put together, 536 songs, <laughs> um, around about 37 hours worth of quality Christmas music. Wow. Uh, hey, I played an obscure one at the start of the program this morning, one that I heard today. Have you ever heard of the Harvey Averne Band? I have. The Harvey Averne Band were in the late 60s. It was yeah. kind of like an instrumental kind of thing, but sometimes did vocals. They did this Christmas song called Let's Get It Together This Christmas. Did you play it this morning? I did. And was it good? It's really good. Yes. It could be on next year. What do you reckon? I think... Uh, I'm I'm quite excited about that. All right. Yes. No, so I'll have to give, you, <laughs> give you a listen before you leave. So, look, if you've got any suggestions for Chris's playlist next year, give us a ring, one three hundred eight hundred triple two, 800 or you can send him in by text 0437-774-774. Louise has given us a call. Good day, Louise. Good morning. Hi. Hi, Louise. Yeah, one, of, yeah, one of my favourite songs is the, the Sunny Cowgirls, and Ooh. they've got a song out. Yeah, they've got a song out... Um, what they've eaten for Christmas, and it's done to, like, I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> I've eaten everything, man. Um, like, it is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Uh, that sounds great. Louise, can you give it, us a little burst of how, how, no, how it might go? There is no way. <laughs> <laughs> what about, can you tell us uh, what is uh, what are the, some of the things that get eaten in this song? Oh, you, well, you name it, fruit mince pies, yes. um, turkey, Dessert, oh, it's just—it's just hilarious the way the girls do it. They're funny. It's on, I think it's on on um, Adam Brand and Friends CD. All right. I think that's the one. Yeah. Good suggestion, Louise. Thank you. I thought I love it, Louise. Thank you. Being from Redcliffe, I thought you were going to uh, suggest a Bee Gees Christmas song. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? <laughs> <It'd> be nice. <laughs> they have actually done a few. Um, have they? Yes. Yeah. So early on, they did one called "Thank You for Christmas," and uh, like about 1967-68. So, what's your connection with the Bee Gees, Louise? I went to school with them actually. Oh, fantastic! Yes, mm. um, I was. Uh, Barry's a grade higher than me, and the twins were a grade lower than me. Yeah, I went to Humpy Bong School. Everyone laughs when you say that name. <laughs> did, yeah. did, so did you tell me the Bee Gees went to Humpy Bong? They went to Humpy Bong School, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> in Redcliffe in, in, in Queensland. Nice one, yeah. Louise. Thanks. Okay, bye. Thanks. My story with uh, – I actually interviewed Barry Gibb a few years ago and it was before his um, Australian tour, world yeah. tour. which was around about 2013 and uh, – Barry was an incredible, an incredible fellow, and um, I got to ask him. I had to ask him because I was working for a commercial radio station. I had to ask him about, you know, staying alive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, all the hits, all the all hits, the- basically. And I just I went through all those, um, yeah. and then said, "Oh, but Barry, you know, just so um, I, I've got you here, I would." I would love to ask you about a particular song, 1968, um, mm-hmm. B-side, Kilburn Towers. And he's like, Kilburn Towers. And he went into this beautiful rave about Kilburn Towers, which was, you know, um, not Staying Alive, uh, yeah, and yeah, not Heartbreaker or something it. like yeah. that. 
So then he comes out onto the 2013 World Tour to Australia yeah. to um, and plays at the Tennis Centre, uh, and I'm in the crowd. He pulls out in the set list. He plays Kilburn Towers. Unbelievable. I felt like I was the only person in the whole tennis centre, you know, because everyone's there and they're they're waiting for you know one hit after another, yeah, yeah. just you know oh, whatever. What I've got to get story. a message to you or whatever. And so Barry plays Kilburn Towers, which I don't think it, he would have ever played in concert. Uh, and it, with the band, with the band, because right. in the band was his son. Um, and yes, uh, it was just after Robin had died. Yeah, it what was a, a real thrill. Anyway, I love Barry Gibb and I love Louise. Big and fan Rick myself. <laughs> I've got to say, uh, you know, the incredible, really, the, the contribution of the BGs and their catalogue of songs. Yeah. It's a, it's I'm one of those people, Michael, that um, grips onto them as Australians. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, in, in my. The how I catalogue music, they are definitely an Australian band. We had, I had, we had a hypothetical a few years back. Would the BGS have made it if they hadn't had come to Australia as a stepping stone? And questions, you know, was maybe they wouldn't have because they got such attention here. The three talented little boys. Yes, there's a bit of a you know gap in the talent levels in Australia, perhaps. So they sort of grew up. Under Australian eyes, yeah, on television well, and stuff. So, um, you know. That's an inter- very interesting question because uh, when they were here, they were known as the no-hit BGS. They had oh. absolutely like they kept on writing incredible songs. Um, they're actually quite good songs, and couldn't have any success. And it wasn't until they jumped on the boat to go over to England that Spicks and Specks became... Number one. A number one. <laughs> While they were on the ship. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Out of here. So I, I think... They got there and said, should we go home, I think, didn't they? That's yeah. It's a, it's a crazy story. But the craziest part of that story for me is that... So they get to um, England. They've had the Australian number one hit in Spicks and Specks. They're only 18 and 21. Mm. You know, the twins are 18 and Barry's mm. 21, and then they just write a string of absolute... On the you know, run, in the studio. Yeah, on the run. Mind as, disaster. As teenagers, <laughs> you know, Robin and um, Morris were, were teenagers. Barry barely out of his teens. 1941, Mind Disaster. Apparently they wrote it in the stairwell. <laughs> I think we're going to have to get you back on to talk about the Bee Gees, because <laughs> I think we've got a shared love there. Um, we should focus back on the music songs. So one three hundred eight hundred triple two. If you would like to um, t- suggest some songs that might go into Chris's... Christmas playlist next year. A lot of people sending in texts, playlists, yes, please. Please send me the playlist. Yes. So that's a way to do it. Yep. That is the way to do okay. it. Mick will be able to look after you um, at the other end. Right. Now, uh, can I pick off my two favourites from your list this year? Well, give me one favourite. Uh, I can't have two. <laughs> I'll go one, one to start with. The Golden Gate Quartet. Oh, yes. Well, uh, now this is a very formative group. Um, of African-American singers that were around in the 30s and 40s. I understand that they, and this has come from overnight previously, that they were the first group to actually indulge in a little bit of rap, Golden Gate Quartet. Now, that could possibly true be mm. true. They formed in, a, you know, in the 30s at high yep. school. Yep. Um, and so they, and it took them a long time to get recorded. Following enough, so um, the track that, um, Michael's referring to here is an old fave in Silent Night 
Holy Night, done by the Golden Gate Quartet. And it was done in 1958 off a, an EP of theirs called uh, Christmas in Harlem. And the Golden Gate Quartet were one of Elvis Presley's favourite um, outfits. And so when he did his uh, Christmas album, the Golden Gate Quartet's version of Silent Night um, was the template that he ah. used uh, for his version. Anyway, they are an incredible... Um, it's, it's- Rich, this is, you want to hear some vocal <laughs> harmonising. This doesn't get much better than this, does it? And think of how long ago this was recorded as well. Uh, this is 1958. Mm. Um, yeah, let's have a listen. Oh, that is just magnificent, Chris. How good is that? I don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing that um, I got really attracted to with that particular version, which I'd never heard before until this year. Uh, so Silent Night, obviously um, one of the chestnuts mm. of Christmas, but um, done in an incredible way by the Golden Gate Quartet. Certainly roasted over an open fire there <laughs> yeah, with that one. All right, now the number one track, the first track on your playlist this year is a, con- a song called Purple Snowflakes. That's right. So Purple Snowflakes is a Motown track. It was originally done by Marvin Gaye in 1964, uh, and it was actually um, the backing track was then used for another song, uh, something called like Pretty Baby or something like that. And so they never actually released Purple Snowflakes in 1964 hmm. as a single or it wasn't on a compilation or anything. And it wasn't until 1992 that Motown put together a Motown Christmas that they kind of pulled it out of the... Hmm. Um, the back catalogue The there, back catalogue yeah. to, to re-release, you know, some 25 years later. Goodness. Anyway, so Marvin Gaye's version of Purple Snowflakes is incredible, um, but the version that I've picked this year is uh, a woman called Jessie Bailen, who is a singer-songwriter out of Nashville, and she does an amazing um, version. It's um, yeah, it's kind of like a modern, I suppose, a modern take, hmm. uh, but very much in the Motown feel. backstory to that was that Marvin Gaye uh, uh, did that in 1964. It never got released until 1992. Jesse Balin in 2014 does a, um, an incredible version. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to hear the original. It's a, yeah. It's fantastic. Look, uh, uh, look so please send me the playlist, please. We're getting lots of people, lots of requests for it. So if you're interested in any of these songs, this playlist will be available and uh, you can download and you'll be able to play it to uh, all your Christmas revelers over Christmas <laughs> dinner and uh, through Christmas Day. And not only this one, but a couple of the uh, 
Chris's playlist from previous years as well. Uh, have you considered Mistress for Christmas by ACDC? I have. Yes. I have, Michael. You've considered it. I have considered it. Well, what I'm looking what I here's, here's my uh, template for what I'm actually looking for. Good Christmas music. Yep. No, okay. I'm looking for um, what I what I yeah. I'm looking for stuff that basically elevates Christmas and celebrates Christmas. And sometimes, you know, um, uh, the the songs that I love are the ones that are kind of have um, a bit uh, of unusual. Something that something a little bit different, yeah. I suppose. But uh, don't necessarily take the Mickey. Okay. Uh, um, so that's uh, Mistress for Christmas is ACDC doing their thing, which is mm. uh, which I love, um, and uh, I'm a big fan of ACDC. ACDC and Christmas go together like Bob Dylan and Christmas, Michael. Well, it's funny you say that, Chris, because <laughs> last week on the program we were talking about. I, I was out at Kmart last yes. week doing a bit of shopping. I didn't need to mention that, did I? Really, at the department store. Yes. And there, on the corner of the aisle, was the uh, Christmas jumper display. And believe it or not, <laughs> this year there is an ACDC Christmas jumper. Fantastic. <laughs> <It's> not. <laughs> I thought you were going to say there was a Bob Dylan one, but um, no, no. no, there's a Mistress for Christmas jumper that you can have. Yeah, well, that's that's that, fantastic. That changes everything. <laughs> uh, and now, who else you got here? You've got the, the Melodiers. The Melodiers. Oh, let's play this one. Uh, my One of my first loves as a kid was doo-wop um, music, and it came through my parents who loved um, the movie American Graffiti, and so they had that soundtrack. Uh, and American Graffiti was George Lucas's second movie, and it was before Star Wars, and it, it starred Ron Howard. And, yeah. and um, Anyway, I digress. Um, American Graffiti had an amazing soundtrack full of doo-wop, so I fell in love with doo-wop as a kid. My favourite song as a kid, my favourite Christmas song, was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, as an adult, I've never necessarily found a really great version of that particular song. And so I've dropped it for many years. It's not been on my playlist. Um, Phil Spector actually does um, a great version. I know you played yeah, a yeah. Phil Spector um, Darlene Love. So Ronettes. you found one, you say? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. The Melodiers, um, are like a doo-wop band from uh, 1960, um, and what I love about this particular version is that it sounds like it's from a Martin Scorsese uh, soundtrack, <laughs> and and it, so it it sounds like it's soundtracking, um, you know, someone getting bumped off in the street, in in the snow, but to this incredible soundtrack. So let's have a listen to the Melodiers doing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's a that reminds me of like an old fifty five Christmas song or something. <laughs> yeah, which which is a bit funny because one of the other great collectors of Christmas songs, Glen A. Baker. Yeah, well, it's not hard to um, collect Christmas songs once you've got the bug. Uh, and you're, you've, um, yeah. you know, experienced that. Yeah, you you just want to get more and, yeah. There's some irony in that because you didn't always have the bug, did you? You came to this <laughs> almost, you were forced into it. My Christmas origin story is that, um, so in 1993, so it's 30 years ago now, 
uh, as a kid, I was playing AFL football for St Kilda, and it was at a time when AFL footballers weren't the um, multi-millionaires that they are today. Missed so, by that much. <laughs> yeah, I really missed it by that much. And uh, and so I had to get a second job. And so my second job over um, the summer of 93, 94 was to work at the um, Slater and Gordon, uh, the lawyer firm yeah, yeah. in um, Melbourne here. And uh, so I was doing data entry in a, in, in a room in the basement of the Slater and Gordon office. And so I'm in there doing my data entry with no windows, very airless um, in there. And my co-worker, Lucinda, uh, brought in the Bing Crosby uh, Christmas compilation and she played it um, from start to finish. And then when it finished, she would press start again and go all the way through again. And so over a period of a month leading up to Christmas, she just played it. She played it from December 1st to December 24th. She played it uh, from start to finish, and then from finish to start, from start to finish. And so I, I went absolutely chichi bananas crazy. I just thought, um, yeah, I could not listen to another Christmas song until <laughs> the next year. I had moved on from Slater and Gordon, and I was actually working at the Truth as a journalist, as a sports journalist. <laughs> Um, and we'll skip over that bit. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, a fair bit of history there too. And um, uh, Heart Balm was written in the next desk from me. Anyway, that's sort of Heart Balm. It's a love. Uh, what did you call it? A dear Susan sort of. That's right. Comment. With a little bit of um, spice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I'm there at the at the Truth as a journalist now, living my dream. Um, but come December. I felt like that something was missing. I would. I played the Bing Crosby album. Um, <laughs> went and out I played and it. it from, I, I went out and bought it. And I played it from start to finish uh, from that point and drove my fellow um, scribes, journalists, um, crazy with that. And so from there, uh, from that Bing Crosby start, where you know, which is pretty much the home of Christmas. That kind of White Christmas is an incredible song. Yeah, an incredible uh, album too, that one. Incredible sure. album. He's got a great voice. In fact, um, my connection with Bing Crosby is that my grandfather uh, looked like Bing Crosby. <laughs> he was the spitting image of Bing Crosby. And so as a um, young man, he was in uh, World War II as a fighter pilot. Uh, he flew a Spitfire. So he couldn't have been any cooler fighting, you know, flying a Spitfire. Looking like Bing Crosby. Looking like Bing Crosby. I think he had a good time in the in the war. Uh he survived, and um, yeah. yeah, and that's where you get your musical talent from, obviously. <laughs> musical talent, anyway. So that's the Christmas origin yeah. story of uh, hearing Bing Crosby yeah. over and over again. Have you, have you ever heard of the Stockholm syndrome? I have, <laughs> and I feel like that that's exactly what happened to me in this situation. Look, I got to play my favourite of and second favourite. In fact, this is probably my favourite song that's on your playlist here. And it is, I like slide guitar. I'm a bit impartial to a bit of pedal steel. <laughs> yes. And this player here, I don't know who he is, but poof, he can play. Who is he? Uh, that's is a, it he? It's a, uh, that's a very good question. The band is called Cochise, and they were like a um, kind of 70s, I don't want to say yacht rock, but they were 
kind of like a 70s kind of cosmic country um, (laughs) thing, but they were from England. Really? Yeah. So they named themselves after the the Apache leader Cochise, um, and they did a version of Oh, Come All Ye Faithful, which is, you know, one of the classic Mm. uh, Christmas carols, but on slide guitar. And it's just one one musician. That's right. Yeah, okay. Let's have a listen. Have a listen to this. something about the sound of that instrument, Chris. Now, I reckon that instrument is the pedal steel, Yeah, Michael. I think it might be the pedal steel. It sounded like it to me. Yes. Um, to tell yeah, that's Cochise doing their version of Oh Come ye, All Ye Faithful uh, on pedal steel slash steel guitar. If that doesn't get you right there, <laughs> something's wrong with you. <laughs> Hope you're ready for the ultimate party this New Year's Eve across the ABC. Let's do Catch the biggest acts, including Harry Connick Jr., Jessica Malboy, Genesis Owusu, and loads more, plus exclusive sneak peeks and a healer family surprise. And two fireworks displays, audio described on ABC Radio. Happy New Year! Celebrate New Year on ABC TV, iView, Radio and the ABC Listen app. On ABC Radio, in the studio with us this morning is Chris, Christmas Hollow. And he's playing songs from his Christmas track list, Christmas song list, Christmas carol list. Uh, and if anybody wants a copy of it, because we're getting a lot of response here, you just have to send us in a text and we'll get that, uh, the link sent out to you. What, and what does the – because this goes together like plum pudding and custard. It does. Yeah. Music and Christmas Day. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Good line. You should use that in a song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's have a quick chat to Alan. G'day, Alan. Hey, g'day. Hey, how you going? Hi, Alan. Um, yeah, just wanted to ask Chris how he rates uh, Tim Minchin's white wine in the sun. How I rate it? That is a really good question, Alan. Um, I will put it this way. I haven't put it on the playlist yet, but I, my arm can be twisted. Do you love the song? Oh, it's awesome. It's um, like Tim Minchin wrote Matilda and Brown Bog Day and um, did all the music for Upright and... Um, he's Australia's equivalent of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Uh, absolutely brilliant. And the song White Wine in the Sun, um, it'll just leave you just breathless. It will. Like it's Australia's, Australia's uh, Christmas carol. He's a very talented man, Tim mentioned, and uh, he's written some great songs over the years, Chris. He certainly has. In fact, uh, Groundhog Day is coming to Melbourne um, next year, so I'm... I'm, I've it's already booked my ticket. Yes, uh, based so, on the movie with Bill Murray. I think it is based on the movie. I yeah, I don't know mm. too much about it. I just know it's called Groundhog Day. I know that Tim Minchin has written it, and it's happening in Melbourne in the early part of next year. Oh yeah, I remember years ago he had that uh, that song they used to sing about the troubles in the Middle East, about trying to get peace to the Middle East. Right. And his line was, you know, you don't eat pork. I don't eat pork. Can't we not eat pork together? <laughs> I thought that was very, very funny. He's a clever man, Tim mentioned, and yeah, I'm sure he dived into the Christmas songs more than once. What else you got on your list here? 
Look, you were mentioning Vince Guaraldi um, before because mm-hmm. of uh, Tom Cushing talking about the Peanuts um, movie. And I've kind of cheated this year because Vince Guaraldi for me is, um, it, it really is the sound of Christmas. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he was uh, a jazz guy from the 60s uh, and he had, uh, as Tom kind of alluded to earlier in the show, had heaps of success with um, a bunch of albums um, and died tragically young. But his most popular album is A Charlie, uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas. And uh, but I've cheated this year because I've pretty much used all of those songs over the over the past you know twenty three volumes. I've cheated this year because uh, he he did a version of Cristo Rendenta, which is a jazz tune um, hmm. written by Duke Pearson um, in the sixties, and it was um, it's basically a Christmas adjacent song, and so it was inspired by the giant statue in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, um, the uh, saviour. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. so he's he's flying into um, he's flying into Brazil. Rio, Rio de Janeiro, yeah, yeah. Sees that and gets inspired and um, writes this jazz tune. <laughs> Vince Guaraldi did that uh, for one of his later albums and just because it's, you know, inspired by uh, Jesus Christ, I've applied it to... Um, my Christmas playlist this year. Should we have a listen, Christo yeah, Rendenta? I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good reason to have it on the playlist. There. <laughs> Here we go. Stunning song, actually, um, Christo Rendenta. Uh, and it's been done by a number of people like Harvey Mandel and, um, <laughs> yeah, just a whole uh, bunch of different um, people. Um, and that was the Vince Guaraldi version. And I, I, I am really kind of um, – I'm really interested in songs that have been appropriated by Christmas. Yep. Um, and so on, on my list this year is uh, the Bells of St Mary's is is one of them. Ave Maria gets used a lot in Christmas um, albums. So oh, obviously yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Um, my favourite things from um, Sound of Music. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know how it kind of lists, it talks about, you know. Um, Toys and all the. Like, strings and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Buttons and bows and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It gets appropriated for Christmas. So I'm. I'm I'm all about that. Uh, I was thinking one for you, the uh, King of Kings, Mikos Rossa. Oh, yes. Which uh, was the theme music from that uh, Hollywood blockbuster. That was pretty amazing. Uh, I, I got here, Sonia Maitland says, I, uh, I realised, I had a sad moment when I realised both the singers of my favourite Christmas song, Fairy Tale of New York, are now passed away. Mm. It was a sad. Yeah, it's been um, sad you. Magnificent footage of the, f- uh, of the f- uh, funeral, yeah, of them singing that particular song. Um, at his funeral, and it was, it was quite moving. We put that on the ABC overnight page. Uh, I've got this one as well. Uh, so thank you for this, Sonia in Maitland. 2020, a German Christmas song called Love Will Find a Way with a slight reggae beat is by Romy Haag, a Dutch dancer, singer, actress, and former nightclub manager, and Marion Gold, lead singer of Alphaville, and my favourite singer of all time. Wow. It's worth a listen. There's one that, to check out. I have not. I do not know about that, so I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice. <laughs> Here's one I can't pronounce. Mile Kalikamaka. 
uh, Merry Christmas, a song by Bing Crosby. Yes, well, you know that one. Yeah, I do know um, that, yeah. Yeah, I have heard that before. And yeah. this one, 20th year, I've been doing a Christmas CD. I followed a theme. In the past, I've done run, a Rain, Sun, Cadillac, Dog. I've sent you and Trevor a few over the years. We're running late this year, but I'll get one to you both in the new year. Always been a bit behind the times. <laughs> and that's from Brad. So Brad puts a Christmas CD collection together as well. Well, um, I'm, there's a network of us out there. <laughs> I've got it. There's a couple of people who send me a list, and I I do actually get really I'm not jealous or anything or competitive or anything, Michael. No, whatever. But um, yeah, if if they've come up with something that um, that I haven't uh, used before, I'm really joyful for them. But I'm also like a little bit kind of oh, okay. Is there a support group for people like you? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, Danny Horton's got a beauty. Hey, Danny. Danny and Greenback, I should say. <laughs> Danny, you there? Oh, sorry, that's Anne we've got there. I'm sorry. Anne, g'day, Anne. Hi, Pava. Hi, Anne. Thank How you going? I would, good. I would like to recommend um, Snoopy and the Red Baron. Yes, well, now, actually, you've tapped into one of Michael's favourites mm. here. You must have had them on a previous CD. You know what? I've, I've always – no, I haven't ignored it, but I've um, – I've, for 23 years. Yeah, I know. I'm saving it for, for 24. But I love the story behind it, and I love the story behind the story uh, behind it. Funnily enough, um, I, I do know, uh, like, uh, Snoopy and the Red Baron, it got, it got recorded as um, the Red Knight or the Black Knight. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it wasn't Snoopy because they didn't have the rights at the time oh, really? when they recorded it, yeah. So it actually got released as a different title, and then yeah. they got they um, they got the rights from Charles M. Schultz to use the Peanuts uh, characters Snoopy and the Red Baron, mm. and um, or the Snoopy version of Red Baron, I mm. should say. And yeah, so they pulled that original single and then put out the the, the hit the, that we wow, know and love. That's amazing. Yeah, I think uh, that sort of rings a bell. I might have that'd probably be quite collectible. I would imagine the original copies very, of that one. Very collectible. Hey, and thank you. Great suggestion. It is Just a good a suggestion. A little then. in a bit of a hurry here. Danny wanted to mention one. Uh, Danny, good morning. Yeah, good morning and uh, Merry Christmas to you and the listeners. Thanks very much for your presentation of the show. No worries. Um, the one that I wanted to mention is a little bit unusual is um, there's a rockabilly band called The Reverend Horton Heat. Yes. And they've got a Christmas album called We Three Kings. Uh, a lot of the songs on it are cover versions, like you know Chuck Berry's Run Run Rudolph and uh, Buck Owens had a country song called um, Daddy Looks a Lot Like Santa. Yeah. But all all the songs are mostly up tempo and done in uh, rockabilly style. Fantastic. What is your favourite off that particular uh, album? Uh, I think Daddy Looked a Lot Like Santa. Yeah. Because there's a lot of there's quite a few double um, <laughs> in it. <laughs> I do know the Buck Owens version, the Buck Owens and the Buckaroos. Um, yeah, it's uh, he he released two or three, actually three um, Christmas albums, Buck Owens. Oh, and they're all they're all great. Hey, thank you, Danny. Good on Thanks, you, mate. Danny. Uh, okay. Lucinda Williams. We've had a few requests for Lucinda Williams. Her version of Run Rudolph Run as well. Uh, it's uh, as you say. It's such a huge and wide uh, area. Christmas songs. Everybody's had a go at it, and um, you know, I'm just glad that we've got people like you that's compiling it all and keeping <laughs> an eye on it and documenting it for us for years to come. Chris, I'm doing the hard work out there, Michael. You are for your pleasure, and you are indeed, mate. Because you come all the way in the studio, I know, to share this uh, morning with us. So appreciate that very much, mate. 
And great to have you in here. And look out for Chris's band. They're called the Sand Pebbles. They're really good. If you get a chance to see them anywhere, worth worth a look. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Michael.